Hello and welcome to episode 303 of the Yellow Wallpots. I'm your host, Stefan Butzko, and today we will talk about the Friday night game against SC Paderborn and the fact that Jose Mourinho will not replace Lucien Favre. <laughs> and uh, with that, a quick and warm welcome to Matthias. Hey, Matthias, good to have you on here again. How are you doing? <laughs> No, uh, no, I'm okay. Um, yeah, so silver lining of the day. Uh, yeah, like you said, Mourinho's not coming to Dortmund, and that's where the positivity ends. It is raining and snow, rain mix here in Colorado. It's it's very befitting of my mood. Uh, nothing quite like waking up early and turning on Twitter and seeing, so what do you think of Mourinho coming to Spurs? It's like, ah, son of a... Anyway, we're here to talk about <laughs> Dortmund against Paderborn. How are you doing today, Stefan? I, I'm doing fine. Uh, apparently, Gordon Sondland's testimony is devastating, so that's that's very good. Uh, so that's what I've been uh, spending some time with this morning. Um, but yeah, uh, we we are here to talk about uh, Paderborn, who are. Plum last in the Bundesliga have four points. Uh, they acquired in a home win their one and only win this season against Düsseldorf and uh, draw against VfL Wolfsburg. I assume it was a scoreless draw, considering Wolfsburg have not conceded a lot of goals. Anywho, um, yeah, it's it's going to be an interesting game. In so far that SC Paderborn, um, even though they are Plum last and uh, all that have tried to play quite positive football and were often very close to get results, but then in the end didn't the uh, key trademark of every designated relegation side. Um, I think since they had a home game, they were actually quite close to even wrestling a point of Bayern Munich. I'm not sure if they led in the game or, or came back in it and, and equalized, but I, I do remember that it, there was a quite... Um, yeah, interesting to watch. Uh, more interesting than uh, Bayern's uh, Dortmund's game in in Munich. So there's that. Matthias, um, you are famous for your disdain of teams that play like Darmstadt, the so-called low block football, kick and rush, or whatever you want to call it. Um, so you must be very pleased with uh, SC Paderborn, right? Especially, especially as a guy from Münster, you have a big love for this town, don't you? <laughs> well, for those of you that are not uh, familiar with the intrigue of uh, Westphalian uh, regionalities, uh, of course, as a Münsterländer, you have nothing but disdain for everyone from Ostwestfalen, as Paderborn and Bielefeld. Honestly, anything east of Warendorf is is already Ostwestfalen. Um, but <laughs> can, can can we stop sure. for a second and talk about how there's a place called East Westphalia in Germany? Like, how does that make sense? Well, it's kind of interesting. I mean, there's no West Westphalia, but there's the eastern part of Westphalia, uh, where you're going over towards Niedersachsen and Sachsen-Anhalt and, and just kind of over there. Um, God, that sounded really negative. <laughs> I didn't mean it to sound like, oh, those people. Um, but, I mean, if we look at it regionally, Westfalen and Dortmund is probably the furthest west, really, portion of it. Westfalen, the west portion of Westfalen is the Ruhrgebiet. 
And then you so West West Westfalen is the Ruhrgebiet, <laughs> and then you have the central portion, which is the the heartland of it, which is the Münsterland, and Münster is a pretty big city. Um, and then east of Warendorf, uh, which for those of you not from the area, this is very fascinating, uh, is about a half hour east of Münster and 15 minutes east of where my family lives at Techte. And that's really the, where the Münsterland ends and Ostwestfalen starts. You drive another uh, 30, 40 minutes from there, then you get into the whole Bielefeld, Paderborn area, which is very pretty. Um, you know, very hill, you get a Teutoburger Bad. Bielefeld doesn't exist. I know, that's right, know. Bielefeld doesn't exist, but very nice university, very, very nice area. But uh, be that as it may, obviously there's a rivalry between Preußenmünster and Arminia Bielefeld. There was never a rivalry between Preußenmünster and SC Paderborn, because honestly... Till 20 years ago, we totally forgot that Paraboan even existed. Um, <laughs> unlike unlike Bielefeld, <laughs> exactly. Um, see, the thing with Paraboan, obviously we all know the time that they spent, the one season they spent uh, in the uh, Bundesliga. And even then they played uh, attacking, attractive football, uh, but that killed them at the end because they just didn't have the quality. Uh, I will say they Paraboan share something very distinct the co in common with Darmstadt in the sense that Paderborn were actually relegated out of the Dritte Liga and they were going to go into the uh, Regionalliga West. But because 1860 Munich got their license revoked, 1860 got relegated into the Regionalliga Bayern. And by that technicality, Paderborn stayed in the Dritte Liga and then marched through and went to the Bundesliga. The same thing happened with Darmstadt. They only did not get relegated because Kickers Offenbach failed their financial statutes for licensing and then they went through but that's where it ends low block football is anti-football it is horrendous i hate watching it i said it before the podcast it's shitty rugby i like rugby i like good rugby low block football is like really shitty rugby uh it's just so oh my god um it, if you would show that to your typical american skeptic of the sport he would go And I'm not watching the NBA or the NFL or paint dry for this. So the good thing is Paderborn don't do that. Paderborn try. <laughs> they at least try. And they go at you. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. What's killing them right now is that they are losing to teams like Köln, Mainz, um and Augsburg and those are matches those are teams that are also really staring down both barrels of possible relegation and you got to win those matches Paderborn they're going to finish last but they're going to have fun doing it the squad itself is I wouldn't even say I still don't know how they got promoted because the core of the squad is kind of the same it's uh, I, I tell I you know. how well Hamburg fucking yeah, sucked Han Hannes why. Wolf happened um, it, <laughs> no, that's not fair. He was, he was a great youth coach at Dortmund. He absolutely was. But, um, it just, uh, Paderborn, that's a mid to low mid table second Bundesliga side at best. So, uh, but all credit to their coach, who's, <laughs> whose name escapes me. It's not arrogance, people. It's been a long week. Um, Stefan, uh, Stefan Baumgart. Thank you. Uh, that's right. I always was like Baumgartlinger. No. Um, so, uh, you know, 
they'll try, and I think that will help Dortmund because they're not going to low block. That's just not what they do. They've done it in no match. God, I hope I didn't just jinx it. Um, <laughs> maybe maybe I did. did, and if that's the case, oh, God. But I don't think so. I think they're going to come out attacking. It's Friday Night Lights. I think it's going to be fun. So what do you think of Parabon, Stefan, since you are from the you're from Westwestfalen, not Mitte Westfalen? <laughs> Well, um, I I reset what I think. I I, I think they're they're positive and uh, that that makes it you know entertaining. So, um, I'm I I really hope that Dortmund uses opportunity to get quote unquote back on track. Even though you know it's it's hard to make up for a loss against Bayern with a win against Paderborn. But um, you know if this goes wrong on Friday night for Dortmund, uh. You'd be wishing the negative press that has endured throughout the international break would continue to go on because uh, it's going to be much, much worse afterward. Um, so what I like about Paderborn is, uh, um, especially their attack, I have to be honest, um, I'm a fan of Cowley. He's a 24-year-old Brazilian and he is their number 10 and... Uh, he he has some some good trickery, a good football IQ, and so, sometimes I would even say that his football IQ is better than his technique. Um, but he has, uh, you know, to paired with the tenacity about him, he has actually managed to to play way above his his own level and his team's level, and 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 create a very healthy amount of of chances or half chances or whatever. But when whenever. I see him play. He is a threat, and he, uh, yeah, really uh, is 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 someone to look out for. And of course, uh, Mamba, their striker, um, is is someone who you know has has pace and 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 could you know can danger a couple of teams. Um, so those are really the two players. If if I were Paderborn, uh, I I would be hoping for to. Um, create something. Uh, Kai Brugger, I think, had a, a very amazing goal the, the other day, when I'm not mistaken. But, uh, as you said, overall, um, if you look at, you know, the, the midfield pivot of Vasiliadis and Jasula, you just know it, it sounds more like zweite Bundesliga than, than Bundesliga. So, um, yeah, it's, I don't know. There's not going to be a long drawn out preview about Paderborn from my side simply because, um, they are what they are. They are not a, a good team and they are very error prone at the back. Um, and if Dortmund do not completely underestimate them and, uh, or are completely fatigued from international break or whatever, this should be a clear result, especially because everyone is expecting a reaction after that uh, four nothing trouncing at the Allianz Arena, so um, I I wonder what Paderborn will do. I mean, so far uh, they have played against Bayern at home, which is different than playing against Bayern away, as Dortmund will hopefully find out this season. <laughs> so um, I don't know how defensive-minded Paderborn will play. Um, sometimes. I think that has been their sort of their, their, their trump card, I guess. They have taken other teams a bit by surprise by playing a more uh, attacking brand that, than other teams expected. But 
I don't know how how they will fare against Dortmund because you know if if you give Dortmund any space and uh, uh, you know usually you will be punished especially because Paderborn don't have the uh, physicality paired with pace that Bayern have so I assume that players like Hakimi and and so on and Hazard and of course uh, Julian Brandt will have a much easier time to to create space and and to combine so this. Really, if you look at the calendar, this should be the easiest game for Dortmund all season. Um, I don't know about you, Matthias, but I expect this to be a blowout victory. Um, and yeah, I, I really, I really do wonder if, if there's a negative effect for Dortmund because they already have to play on a Friday out of the international break, which no team really appreciates. So, um, you tell me. Oh, I mean, I expect a, a victory. Um, you know, I, I think Paderborn will create chances for themselves because they do in every match except Hoffenheim. They might even score. Yeah, I it's mean, not beyond it's... the realm of possibility unless they play like they did against Hoffenheim, which was, oh my God, that was so bad. So, so, so bad. Um, and Pad uh, Hoffenheim in the second half just basically passed the ball left and right, and that was the end of it because uh, they... They ran through uh, Parabon in the first half, and that's really the match that I Parabon match I remember well because I watched the whole thing. Uh, it may have been a Friday night game as well. I'm not 100 percent sure, um, but I don't I don't foresee too much complacency. Uh, I I'll be honest, it's kind of a match, and I'd be curious to hear your thoughts on this. Where given we're coming off international break, given that uh, Delaney is out now for quite a while, given that Witze, you know, played for Belgium, what about Weigel Dahut as a central pivot? What do you, what do you, what do you think about that for this one? To be more decisive and passing and kind of take some advantage of that uh, less than stellar opposition, especially at the center of the park. I say yes. Um, because Dortmund, as we all know, play on Wednesday away to Barcelona, which will be a crucial game. And, uh, so I, I, I would, I would definitely say yes. Um, also because the Witzel, uh, the, the Weigel der Hut double pivot has worked well in that uh, one Gladbach game where, uh, you had to roll out. And yes, you're right. Axel, uh, um, Thomas Delaney is out after picking up an injury during the international break. Uh, who knew um, he will be out until January, right? So he will pretty much miss uh, the the rest of the Hinrunde, um, which, of course, is a bitter loss. And that brings in Mahmoud Dahoud. And so far, Dahoud has proven this season in the little playing time he had, I would say, that he can actually deliver quite well. So uh, why not try it out right away? I don't think you need to have Axel... Witzel on this field to win this game, so I agree with you. Um, you see, normally this could have been a game in a different circumstance if it weren't just at the back of an international break and uh, at the back of a very bitter loss. This could have been a game if it were just like the random, you know, home match against Paderborn on a Saturday afternoon, uh, you know, be wedged between other games. I would have said this would have been the perfect game to experiment, to play uh, Moray, for example, as a right back and just see what he can do. 
but things are a little bit different now. So, um, yeah, I, I wonder what, uh, Dortmund, uh, will do it's definitely a shame that Delaney uh, is out for so long so um, how do you think this will what what kind of effect this will have on on the remainder of the season because Thomas Delaney not playing and Dortmund's form showing up before the Bayern game I think had some I don't know some correlation I guess um, that he was being dropped for more attacking players, be it Dahoud or Weigel. So um, there is a positive case to make that Dortmund are not very dependent on Thomas Delaney right now and then it, in fact that things are actually working a bit better and it's uh, nice for us to see Favre being forced to not play the Witzel Delaney double pivot, which I'm not the biggest fan of, obviously. But um, there is another case to be made or or another opinion to be had. And I wonder if uh, you are the person to have that opinion. Uh, even though I do acknowledge that it's better to have him fit than injured. Well, I mean, I've made no bones about it that I like Thomas Del Delaney. I mean, he adds a little bit of steel, um, a little bit of bite to a central midfield that otherwise can lack it. Weigel doesn't have that, even though he's picked up more bookings this season than he has in the past. It's been kind of interesting. Um, Witze, despite his physical presence, isn't necessarily that quote-unquote fighter like a money bender was. Um, I, I would say Delaney is, is closer to Sven Benda, uh, than, than anybody else, even though Sven Benda is a legend and nobody will ever touch him. Um, <laughs> or Sebastian Kiel, you know, that type of player, but it's, he's, he's like a, I don't want to say a poor man's version of those players, but to, to a degree. Um, I think he definitely adds benefit to certain types of matches. I mean, we can't forget that in my opinion, he was pivotable, pivotable. That's not a word. Pivotal <laughs> against Leverkusen. I mean, he completely shut down Kai Havertz. Completely. And he's able to do that. Weigel can't do that. Witzel, you don't want him to do that because of what you want from him. But what I think you'll see now is obviously Witzel Weigel, that is the double pivot that's going to be set in stone for Favre with Dahut coming in to rest one or the other. Obviously, if Witzel needs to come out, then Weigel takes the, the Witzel role, and if Weigel needs to come out, then Dahoud takes the Weigel role. You know, it's 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 kind of uh, the way I kind of see that. I'll be honest, I think um, for a lot of the matches that Dortmund play, uh, given the opposition that they play in most matches, I believe Delaney is not the, the right fit anymore. He was last season this time, in the first half of the season, because teams opened space up, it was more counter-attacking. They weren't sitting as deep against Dortmund. And that's where Delaney, I think, can actually shine, because he can move the ball. He he is kind of that box-to-box -box guy. And if you ask him to play box-to-box, -box, he's pretty good. I mean, that's what he did at Bremen quite effectively. He's That's not really what he's asked now anymore at Dortmund, in that he's more a shielding player and... He just lacks the ability to have that defense splitting pass that Weigel or Dehut can. And you just, you honestly, you just need it. Uh, as, as, as much as it pains me to say, because I like him and, and I, I think he's actually a really good guy. I don't know why I always feel like I have to say that. I'm not attacking someone personally. Um, but, uh, yeah, you're, you're definitely, everyone's going to get their wish now and calm down. 
You're not going to see Vincent Delaney uh, until February, most likely. Until I would say, I don't think he's going to start the Rückrunde. Probably give him a few weeks. And honestly, depending on how these next, what do we have? The next month goes of football. Uh, he may be out of a job and leave Dortmund. I wouldn't be shocked if Weigel and Dahoud step up and do the do do the duty, uh, especially towards the end when you've got a Leipzig and a Hoffenheim. Um, then I think he's surplus to requirements. As far as the rest of the squad goes, I know the players I'd like to see start versus the ones that I think could use a little bit of a break. But uh, I'd be curious to see who you think. Uh, well, obviously, Mats Hummels is going to be very well-rested because he doesn't do anything during international break anymore. So there's that. Yeah, and, and Marco Reus, of course. I think and Götze. Uh, Götze doesn't do much. And, and Götze. Yeah, no. Um, but I want to quickly uh, stay on the Delaney point. Um, Dortmund now play against Hertha, Düsseldorf, Mainz, Leipzig, Hoffenheim before the end of the winter break. Um in which of these five games and uh, at the Champions League games against Barcelona and Slavia Prague, uh, where would you even play Delaney? Um, I think he can add, um, looking at those, I would say Leipzig and Barcelona would be kind of the matches where I would have looked at Delaney and gone, he could be a pass disruptor. Uh, same with Hoffenheim, you know, very pass heavy teams when it comes to that also coming through the center and so on i i just see him as that disruptive force that weigel isn't um so the, those are the matches i would have i would have probably played him or could have seen favre play him uh, other than that against all of the rest i wouldn't have started him because None of those teams are going to be playing very progressively. Yes, we said Parabon will, but okay, it's Parabon. <laughs> Hertha under Antichovic, they they kind of want to be that team, but they've regressed back to the Paldadai style. And as such, I feel like you need a little bit more creativity um, against them. Not that I... They're one of those teams where I honestly don't know what to expect, to be perfectly honest. Uh, I think they're playing below their their possibilities. Um, and, and that one, I will say right now, that is like the ultimate trap game. Rest of uh, the Hindelwunde for me. Especially with Hans oh. Wolf already. Yes, yes. So it's, we'll, we'll see what... Sorry, Mar Mario's, Mario's Wolf. Wolf. There you Hans go. Wolf. Yeah, different Wolf. <laughs> Whatever. There are a lot of Wolfs. There's another Hannes Wolf, isn't there? For yeah, anyway, um, so <laughs> Salzburg, I think actually, but anyway, it, it's um, it, with the teams that are coming. I think I hate to say it's good timing for a player to be injured because you don't ever want anybody to be injured. Uh, but if there's a slate of matches to really see what you can get out of Weigel, Witzel, and honestly Dahut. And I God, I hope Dahoot becomes what I've always hoped he can be and not what I think he may have become. Then this is the time <laughs> for him to do it. We got, honestly, I think Dalton is in a position of, you got nothing to lose. The expectations now are down. Uh, a lot of people say Dalton are out of the title race, which we both know is nonsensical because just look at the table to find consistency in form. And uh, okay. So as such, Go for it. And I want to see 
Dahut play more. Obviously, I expect a lot of Weigel Witzel, uh, but I, I want to see a good helping of Dahut, and it, it means a lot if I even say that. Yeah, I, I, I guess so. That means when Dahut has played so far this season, he has left a positive impression on you, right? Overall, yeah. I mean, I don't think you'll ever get rid of his <laughs> uh, brain farts. At times, his his he he sometimes makes passes where you're like, dude, don't okay, you're not Gunduan, don't. Even though we were all hoping he was the next Gunduan, I think we can all safely say he's not Ilkay Gunduan. Um, so stop those Hollywood passes in when you're in a position of the field or in a transitional phase where it hurts the team. That's something he still really likes to do, but I feel like it's less than it used to. And I feel his pressing game has improved more. I feel his offensive runs have improved more. Uh, so I would say he's, he's improved, but there's the sample size is too small still for me to be overly confident in going, Oh yeah, start Tahoud over Weigel at this point. So, um, I just, I, I need to see more and I'm hoping to see more against Paraboan. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is, again, uh, I would say this now every week, I think, but this is a very important tie for Dortmund because um, you would expect that the other teams will also uh, win theirs. Um, Gladbach play away to Union Berlin, uh, Bayern play away to Fortuna Düsseldorf, and Schalke play away to completely out of form Werder Bremen. And I think RB Leipzig host SFC Köln and yeah if you want to count Leverkusen they, they have a fairly difficult tie because they play against Freiburg who are currently in fourth and Leverkusen are if I'm not mistaken in eighth place so um but yeah over, overall there are a lot of favorites uh in in, in these teams a lot of big favorites um going into the match day when it comes to Dortmund's uh, direct opposition so yeah Another reason why you want to win this game, just so, uh, you know, you A, don't lose further ground and, and B, get even worse press because, um, I feel like this has an effect on, on Dortmund and, uh, usually not a positive one. Um, so yeah, there's that. Um, now, uh, how do you think Lucien Favre will, will pick his team? We've already de discussed the uh, potential, or the possibility of Dahoud and, and Weigel in, in, in midfield. Um, I don't know. Did Lukas, I, I don't have it in front of me who all traveled to the, uh, international games, but, uh, would you just out of stubbornness pick the players, uh, mostly who, who, who didn't travel or, uh, what would be your approach? Yeah, I'm right now trying to get a an overview of who all played when, especially because you can't forget on Tuesday you still had matches. Um and uh Pischek played on Tuesday. Obviously Schulz, I mean, I don't remember honestly. Uh no, Hector spielt. Yes, Hector hat gespielt. Um so Schulz didn't play, then Pischek did play, Torgan Hazard played on Tuesday, uh, Jaden Sancho did not play on the weekend, Akanji played on Monday. So there are a lot of tired legs. So as such, when, and Guerrero played for Portugal, 
So um, I would like to see, obviously, Homelands will start. I expect, to be honest, I expect to see um, Akanji play next to him. I just do. I don't I don't know if you can do a Homelands Sagadu central defensive pairing. Um, and the Switzerland played against Gibraltar. No offense to Gibraltar, but that's not exactly a team that's really going to push yeah. you really hard. So I expect Akanji Hummels. Did, did you mention it that Witzel got a rest? He he did he game? did get a rest. Um, but Torgan Azad played, so I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see Azad, if we don't see Brandt start, uh, if we don't see Guerrero start. I I I really hope Hishek doesn't start. So my expectation is. You've got Bürki in goal. You've got Hummels and Akanji. You'll have Schulz on the left side. Um, and then you'll probably, I, I would assume maybe Hakimi on the right. Uh, I don't know. Do Moray and Balerdi even live? Do they exist? I have no idea. Uh, <laughs> if they play, I've, I've, I've almost forgotten that they're around. And then again, Weigel, Witzel and, uh, attacking wise, I think Sancho will start. I think Royce will start. I think Götze will start. And I would not be shocked to see Brun Larsen start. Yeah, I I, I guess so. Um, what what do you make of uh, the entire Jaden Sancho saga, if, if you want to already call it that, uh, throughout this international break? Because I felt like every day there was news breaking that... Uh, Manchester United are ready to make an offer for the winter and 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 whatnot. Um, what what do you make of these headlines? And uh, do you think they will have an effect? Or and do you think that there's any truth to it? You know, it's hard to say when it's coming from less than credible English media sources um, who like to just make shit up. Um, it's it's an international break, man. They gotta they need something to write about. Most teams you thought would qualify, qualified. There really isn't, there was no big story until obviously the last 24 hours. Thank you, Spurs. Um, so I think it was just something to write about in the English media. What's an interesting story? I mean, they got past the Joe Gomez, Raheem Sterling kerfuffle. And then it was Sancho again, because he's the hot commodity. And, and I believe there are elements, let's call it that, within the English media landscape that are unhappy that the uh, probably most talented young English player is playing in Germany and not in the quote-unquote greatest league in the world, in the Premier League. Uh, so that'll always bubble up, whether it's true or not. Honestly, Jaden Sancho, Manchester United, why? I, that, that There are other teams uh, in that, top tier unless it's just about money i mean if man city needs someone i'd probably rather go there or liverpool or something like that um obviously manchester united have the name and all that the reputation the money and and the need for for a higher quality player but i think that's really what plays into it i don't want are not going to sell them in the winter that is just flat out not going to happen i believe it will happen this summer and so it's just building up to that in my opinion i i don't give it too much credence that he's going to be gone uh before the rückrunde starts yeah i would agree um i think michael zorg has said during the international week that the Stürmerfrage, the uh, 
Striker question <laughs> um, is is still open. Um, are are you happy with that comment? Do you think that uh, Dortmund should act in the winter and? Uh, well, I mean, and, and look for a new striker, or, or it's, um, you know, he he said um, that they have to sit down uh, during the winter break and reevaluate the status quo. Uh, you know, so what wh what do you make of this quote from your sporting director? Uh, that we're gonna get Erling Haaland? Uh, no, um, <laughs> no, I think what, what Zuzi said is kind of a duh, uh, kind of a thing. You know, it's, they, they thought going into the season they could do, they could do the deal, they could do it with who they have. And it's proven out now over time, they need more depth. You know, Paco is injury prone, Gutz is injury prone. I mean, I hate to use that term, but they can get injured pretty quickly. They're not the most physically imposing people. When they're on the pitch, they are, they are lightning in a bottle. They are fantastic. But it's when they're not on the pitch. And unfortunately, that happens too often. So yeah, you absolutely need somebody there. And, um, so I wouldn't be shocked if it's a type of a, Hey, see who we can get on a loan with an option to buy kind of a deal, you know, do a little bit of window shopping, knowing that Paco and, and Gutza are in the mix too. Maybe you move Gutza more into the number 10 slot where I think he can be even more effective. Uh, so yeah, it, it makes perfect sense and it's an absolute need in my opinion. Uh, now who it's going to be, God, I, I have no idea. I mean, there's, I haven't looked at the rumors lately, and and honestly, the only name you keep on hearing is Erling Holland, and that's about it. So, you know, we'll we'll see after that. So here's a rumor. <laughs> I don't know if you if you even can call it a rumor, but here's a quote, and it's uh, Hakan Sharanolu, uh, who we know from Hamburg and Leverkusen fame. I think. Uh, It was him who scored that ridiculous 40, 50 yard goal against Roman Weidenfeller when he still played for Hamburg. Mm -hmm. Right. That is correct. Um, and apparently he said, um, that he is planning a return to the Bundesliga. Um, and says, uh, the, the, the target is either Dortmund or Bayern. Um, I can say you this much. It's 100% not going to be Bayern <laughs> looking at Chanalulu and saying, uh, yeah, we need him. So that leaves him with one option. Um, do you think there's uh, a chance for him to play for Dortmund? Well, I mean, you never rule anything out in the crazy, wacky world of modern football. But uh, I'll be honest. I don't really see a need for him. I don't necessarily want him. To me, I have a lot of question marks behind his mentality and character because of how he left Hamburg and then how he left Leverkusen. I'm not a big Chalanolu fan. I think he's, having watched him also at Milan, I'll be honest, I consider him a fairly lazy player. Um, I don't think, I, I just, I don't want Chalanolu at Dortmund. Yeah, he can have some great free kicks and all that kind of stuff. Is that really a need? No. Um, I don't want him. I don't think Dortmund need him. It's not an area of, of, uh, uh, want or need. I did just open up a Transfermarkt, the app, 
um, Transfermarkt. Yeah. You can. I'll, I'll send you the details uh, to our our Patreon page where you can be a sponsor. Um, and believe it or not. Uh, some of the top ones that popped on there, except for Emre Chan, um, which, okay, are uh, Erling Haaland and Oliver Giroud, you know. Uh, Mandzukic is not on there. So that's interesting. Uh, he's kind of always the constant so one. So let's, let's talk a little bit about Giroud because some people may remember when uh, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang left to Arsenal. Was it, wasn't it a winter transfer as well? Um, Dortmund had to scramble a little bit and in the and it was Michi Batshuayi, but um, it also could have been Oliver or Olivier Giroud, and uh, the comment wasn't that outlandish. Um, I remember asking Michael Sork about it, and I remember talking to Giroud's agent, and uh, they 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 all told me, yeah, uh, it's basically it's well, they they didn't really confirm anything in that regard obviously they're not going to be like oh you're the guy from ESPN okay uh, breaking news uh, there's definitely uh, a negotiation but I think they, they hinted at, at, at talks or that it's a possibility um, because uh, Chelsea at this moment I think had too many strikers and, and one had to leave and in the end it was uh, Batshuayi if, if I recall correctly uh, my, my memory might be warped who knows um, so much has happened since but um i i always thought that this could be a sensible option for dortmund um i am a big fan of uh, aged veteran strikers to be honest i always feel like a striker um is a bit like a fine wine and uh, you know the experience and and when it comes to gaining space and positioning and all this uh um yeah, helps these players, especially uh, in an advanced age. So if there's a player in his 30s or so, um, I, I always think that's, you know, a, a positive, not a negative when we talk about veteran strikers. Um, he's obviously a player that can hold up the ball better than any player that Dortmund had since Lewandowski. I would say he has that skill even more so than Michi Batshuayi. So... um it's it it would make sense in my view to at least think about it um especially if you can get him on a cheap transfer and don't have to pay him too much money um i obviously do not know uh, what the conditions would be but just uh discussing the hypo um what what do you make of this rumor i mean it's hard to say i mean it's the problem is you know obviously olivier giroud will not be inexpensive uh wage wise uh, he's kind of one of those guys who can, because of his presence, I mean, he proved it for France during the World Cup, he can create the space for others to utilize the space and occasionally score goals for you. Will he necessarily be happy with rotationally being behind Paco? Because that's really what you're, you're, you have to ask at this point, given the investment in Paco Alcacer. So... I don't know. I mean, the problem with me, it's very personal. You know, he went from Arsenal to Chelsea. I mean, come on. Um, <laughs> so uh, <laughs> he's a good striker. I just i am not like, oh, my God, that would be so amazing. Uh, he would really help us. I'm not I'm not totally sold, but he will definitely I think he would help. But I'm not I'm not enamored with it. And it's it's probably just because of. 
you know, some of the stuff that's been said about him or his role. But again, I was very positive by how he played for for France at the World Cup um, without really scoring. I don't know if he did he score at all in the World Cup. I can't even remember. Um, but he but he he was vital in the way that they played. So I I wouldn't be opposed to it depending on what the the ramifications are wage wise and if it has to be a purchase or another loan or or something like that and you know i mean there are a couple of young players i just saw that that have popped up on the rumor mill whether it's mariano diaz from from real madrid or karim adeyemi from liefering if he's from salzburg i just don't expect any rb salzburg player to go anywhere but rb leipzig at this point so uh that's that's what i kind of think of that yeah, uh, it, it, it's fair enough. I mean, it's it's not a long-term solution, I would say. Uh, I mean, he is already 33 years old, as as you mentioned, and um, yeah, his his scoring record is so-so. Um, I think so far he has scored one goal in uh, six games. Uh, so, well, it's it's said appearances because he did not always play the the full minutes. Um, but I mean, he would add something to the Dortmund squad that they currently don't have, and um, yeah, obviously he speaks French, which is a help with Favre, and he uh, is also sponsored by Puma, which always makes it easier because that's the main sponsor by Puma, and uh, for some reason these things sometimes play a part. So I don't know. That's that's all I'm going to say about it. Um, you know, it's it's not the sort of deal where I would be jumping through the living room but um you know i i I wouldn't be heartbroken like you are uh with Mourinho joining tottenham so um yeah apropos uh Mourinho is joining tottenham that means uh mauricio potretino is now on the market matthias um if i open kicker.de um he is on the front page and already being linked to bayern uh, who are also, I guess, in the search for a new head coach. Um, when I say also, that would uh, imply that Dortmund are looking for a new head coach, which obviously I don't know, but uh, we have speculated in the last episode. I think you said the search committee for a new Dortmund coach. Um, now that you have followed his tenure at Tottenham very closely, you are the perfect guy to ask um, whether he would be a good fit hypothetically as a Dortmund coach hypothetically speaking um because I just I just don't see it happening um but hypothetically speaking uh, Pochettino coming to Borussia Dortmund would be a, a true dream come true because he fits in that Klopp Tuchel type world you know the one thing that i know you've said that others have said that Konstantin ekner has said that since klopp tuchel dortmund lack an identity a tactical identity if you say what is dortmund's style of football and you ask somebody they'll probably revert back to the klopp years and maybe tuchel's first season but we we who who is dortmund and pochettino fits that mold the problem is the problem is Pochettino also fits that that mold of uh, that that kind of track that Bayern were on with Louis van Gaal and then Pep eventually coming in 
and then they kind of lost their way, even with Ancelotti, Kovac, and so on. So he would fit more into where Karl-Heinz Rummenigge would like to see Bayern advance. Now that Uli Hoeneß is basically out, um, it to me... I would love him to be at Dortmund. I think it would be absolutely fantastic because not only can he continue to develop the young players that we have and we will continue to have, but he will also play a style of football that everybody will love because he can go any way, whether it's a, a more possession, patient build-up type or a more aggressive pressing style. Um, I, I would absolutely love to see Pochettino at Borussia Dortmund. I just don't see it happening, and there are a few reasons why. Uh, I think Bayern is one name out there, and then you've got, even though, yes, he's a former Espanol player, you can't forget, people are not happy at Barcelona with Valverde, and they're not really that happy at Real Madrid with Zinedine Zidane. So those are the types of clubs that I think are most likely to be the next step for Pochettino or Manchester United if things don't pick up. I think it's going to be a very interesting winter because when you have a manager of the caliber of Maurizio Pochettino out there available, clubs like Bayern, Manchester United, Barcelona, Real Madrid, they're going to look at who they have, the players they have, and go, wait a minute, this guy got a team to a Champions League final even though... His, and and pushed for possible titles and was really was in the Champions League despite his owner not buying a player for eighteen freaking months. Um, hmm. <laughs> maybe, maybe he would be the right fit here. I would love to see him at Dortmund. I think I'll be honest. I think the chance of that happening is pretty much zero. So I assume you are already, well, I don't assume because you've already told me that you are looking forward to listen to the uh, Tottenham Emergency Podcast. I guess looking forward to is also the wrong way to describe it, but you know what I mean. You, you will, you will do it. You, um, you will pursue that issue, let's say. However, um, maybe you can say in your own words why this relationship between Pochettino and Tottenham ended. Because I, I frankly haven't paid any attention and I don't know why uh, they kicked him to the curb after, I think, now moving into a new stadium and, and all that. Well, last time I checked, Tottenham were doing okay. Like, taking the, making it to the Champions League final out of the equation, the last third of the season, of last season, plus this season, the results and the performances were just not very good. I'll be honest. They just weren't. Now, you've got some players in there that are difficult. I think Danny Rose, I, I'm not a fan of Danny Rose. I think he's a huge pain in the ass. Um, I think the fact that they really didn't strengthen the squad much didn't help. Deli Alley has really fallen off in his performances, and I think there too, it's just... Just the miles on the tires, man. And then Christian Eriksen wanted out. He wanted to go to Real Madrid. It didn't happen. And I feel like he's just kind of gone, yeah, whatever. And he is, he's horrible. He's been horrible this season. He's been one of my favorite Tottenham players ever since he came over. So it's, it's a case of, I'm not going to say the team played against him because I think there's a lot of love for Maurizio Pochettino from the team, but it's kind of like Klopp in his last season. They'd heard it 
so many times. And given the lack of recruitment and transfers from Daniel Levy, it just it didn't help him. There was no infusion of fresh blood for Pochettino to reinvigorate. And managers like a Pochettino, like also Jürgen Klopp, like a Thomas Tuchel, like a Marcelo Bielsa, they... After a while, their intensity and their messages, and Pep Guardiola is the same way, it wears off on these guys. It's just like, oh my God, just chill out is what they probably think. Now, players like Harry Kane, he's unaffected by it because he's a, he's, he's a very professional guy. But other guys like Christian Eriksen or Danny Rose, guys like that, it's, they, they've basically had enough. And I think, the problem there is they just didn't do the transfers that they needed to. I don't know why. It's absolutely idiotic. And it's a miracle he was able to do the things he was able to do. They were completely outmatched by Liverpool in the final because Liverpool spend money. And uh, Klopp, is, Klopp is at his near peak as far as the manager goes. Pochettino is still getting there. Um, I'll be very curious to see what happens now with Jose Mourinho if Daniel Levy says, now we're going to spend a ton of money because you know Mourinho loves that, I'm going to be really pissed. I'll be honest, because if you would have given Pochettino the, those types of funds, then I think you would have, he would have taken Tottenham the next step and the next step obviously being title wins. So, um, it's very, very frustrating because I, I think it's a very short sighted uh, decision to be made. Obviously, we don't know everything that went on in the back room between Daniel Levy and Pochettino, because Pochettino had gone to the press over the last few seasons complaining about, we're just not getting players. And it's the truth. It's not like Antonio Conte says nobody spends money when they spend a ton of money because he uses that as an excuse. No, with Pochettino, it was legitimately no one's spending money. I need new players and a very thin squad. And I'm not talking about Janssen as as, as somebody that's that's a huge upgrade for us. So... It's unfortunate. I was hoping they'd stick with him, just like Dortmund did with Klopp when Dortmund were dead last in the Bundesliga and still made the Europa League. I think an infusion of new players in the winter would have would have helped those things. But you know, at the end of the day, it is what it is. So uh, congratulations to Manchester United, Barcelona, Bayern, and Real Madrid. You're going to have a fantastic new manager in the probably not too distant future. Well, one of them will, I guess. Um, okay, yes, fair <laughs> enough. One of them will. That is true. Um, <laughs> I mean, I can't coach them all. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's here's the thing for you, because obviously, here. okay, so conspiracy theory, the Mourinho taking over Pochettino thing, that was obviously now, depending on seeing as how things happened, was in the works now, I think for a few weeks. Uh, because the timing is just so weird. Then you combine the fact that Uli Hoeneß said Hansi Flick will be the Bayern manager until the winter break. He can guarantee that. So there could be a new Bayern manager coming. Could it possibly have been that all these parties kind of talking that Bayern knew this was going to happen and so they were positioning for Pochettino to come out? It's huge conspiracy theory. But, I mean... I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility, do you, given how many agents people share these days? So you're saying that opens up the chance for Dortmund to lay their eyes on Ten Hag. <laughs> Ten Hag, who I've yeah. heard would join Bayern in the summer. And if Bayern get Pochettino, I assume their strategy won't be we get Pochettino for half a season, then we'll sign Ten Hag, right? 
No, no, obviously not. You know, if it's Pochettino, it's Pochettino. Um, Ten Hag, I would love to get Ten Hag at Bayern. Here's the other one that I'd like to see how he does for the rest of the Rückrunde is honestly Hansi Flick. I'm very curious to see how that goes. I, 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 I make a prediction now, which is based on absolutely nothing <laughs> other than hope. But I think Hansi Flick won't fare all that well. As I said on the last episode, his slump buster game, his freebie is already out of the way. So uh, it ain't going to get any easier for him now. Um, I haven't looked at Bayern's schedule, but um, there are, I presume, a couple more trap games for Bayern. And uh, apart from that performance against Dortmund, um, Bayern have not played all that great. So um, I don't know if that will now miraculously change, but my prediction is it won't. So, um, while Bayern may still be in second, first, third place or so at the winter break, I don't think that the overall development that this squad will take will be satisfactory to the high demands at the Bayern front office. So, um, yeah, maybe we will see Pochettino at the, uh, you know, at the sideline in February or whenever the, uh, Bundesliga restarts, so um, we'll, we'll see. Um, but I, I think it, it's an interesting discussion to have while we have nothing better to do than to preview the Paderborn game. So um, yeah, uh, it's I, I, I guess it's just uh, all again implied that uh, Dortmund are not very happy with Lucy Favre, or at least uh, we aren't in, in the in the long term sense. I don't think it's it's uh, going to be a relationship that's um, expanded. Um, today I read that uh, Mario Götze, considering his um, future at Dortmund, will also depend on whether Favre stays on or not. Because uh, if Favre stays, he won't. What do you make of that? Do you think this uh, reporting, uh, if th there should be lent any credence to that reporting, or do you think uh, not? It came from Sportbild, right? I think. Maybe. Because that's what I think I saw on Twitter. Um, so, yeah. That's that's all I have to say about that. It's Um okay. they, they like to throw monkey wrenches in, especially with Dortmund. So, yeah. I don't, I don't lend any credence to that at this point. Uh, if a reputable, real journalistic outlet comes with something like that, then I will absolutely take it seriously. Anything Bild or Sportbild says, I pretty much ignore, um, just because I, I find them absolutely loathsome. Um, but I'll say this. If Dortmund don't get maximum points from the next four matches, Favre will not be Dortmund's manager in the Rückrunde. All right, I'll, I'll write that down. That's, that's a lot. Um... <laughs> But uh, yeah, it's it's a it's a good prediction to make. So um, or a bold one because I'm I'm not sure they they're going to fire him this season, no matter what happens. So I I will bet against that, Matthias. That's fine, um, because it depends on what the market shakes up, right? Um, but yes. I think I think he won't be the manager at the Rückrunde. If he is for some reason, then he's definitely not going to be the manager <laughs> next season. Uh, now. If he gets max points in the next four matches and does and the club and they do well against Leipzig and 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 uh, Hoffenheim, then depending on what shakes up in the Rückrunde, I wouldn't be surprised if we get season three with Lucien Favre at that point. 
I mean, I think for Favre, it's either, either the ship or gone. I think he can only extend with Dortmund. Well, he ha- he has a deal, but uh, won't, won't be fired if he actually wins the championship. That, to me, is like the only hope for Favre to to play or to coach at Dortmund beyond this season. That's my prediction. So um, we- we'll see, but uh, I don't think that Dortmund will uh, pull the zip line just yet and parachute out of that relationship. So we'll, we'll see. Um, I think we, we can knock it on the head here because, um, yeah, there, there's not too many things more to talk about. Um, actually, there is one thing that I, I briefly wanted to bring up, Matthias, uh, before I forget. And, um, that's a, a little news tidbit. I think I've only read a headline in, in a couple of paragraphs, but, um, at least there is um, something positive that we've talked about, a t- positive develop, and um, it's that UEFA wants to um, amend the rules so that uh, you are allowed to make a fourth substitution if a player picks up a concussion. Um, I think we have discussed this topic quite often on this show, and I just want to say that... Uh, it made me happy to read this headline because that tells me that there's at least some concern about the subject and uh, we are not alone in the world talking about it. So I um, just wanted to note that that we are being heard even if no one listens to us. Yeah, I, I heard that. Um, I don't remember where this week, but IFAB, the guys who do all the rules, said that that is a strong consideration so that um, because to do the concussion protocol properly, it takes about 10 minutes of evaluation. Doing it in American football is not a problem because you have unlimited substitutions uh, or basketball or, or any of those sports um, or hockey, you know, any, any of those sports, that's not a problem. But obviously in football, it's a bigger issue. But what was proposed that to bridge that 10 minutes gap where you to do the proper concussion protocol evaluation, that the team can substitute a player in that time temporary sub and if the uh if player who's getting tested is said you can continue then they swap and if they say you can't continue well then that substitution takes effect that is the one thing i heard from ifab of possibly doing or you know that the team can just decide okay we're just going to keep the guy and we're not going to risk the guy who just got evaluated uh, i think that'll depend on <coughs> who is being evaluated <laughs> at, at a time when a decision gets made. But it's absolutely, I agree with you, a, a much-needed step in the right direction. Yeah, so I, I just wanted to quickly bring it up because we have been bickering and complaining so many hours now, uh, if you want to ac- accumulate all the rents, that uh, you know, if, if something positive happens, we at least should make sure to bring that up. So, um, since we are both, uh, advocates for mental health and, uh, physical brain health. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's, that's a very good news. So, um, to, I guess, prove our own physical brain health and mental health now, Matthias, it's time to make a prediction about that Paderborn game. Well, after saying this, the mistakes couldn't be higher. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with a 5 1 victory for Borussia Dortmund. All right. I'm not not that optimistic. uh, So I'm just going to 
say a 4-1 win for Dortmund <laughs> so we, we, we'll see but uh, yeah I, I expect at least four goals to be honest um, or at least I hope so yeah again thank you for coming on Matthias um, please tell our listeners how to reach you on the Twitter you can send your uh, Spurs condolences to uh, <laughs> at Matthias Uck on Twitter always a joy and Stefan how can people get in touch with you at Stefan Butzko on Twitter. And if you want to reach the Yellow Wall overall, please do that at Yellow Wall Pod on Twitter or Facebook. And if you want to shoot us an email for I don't know what purpose, please feel free to use yellowwallpod at gmail.com. If you want to find our written content, which is bound to pick up again as the uh, international break comes to a close, please go to theyellowworld.net. And of course, if you want to read that content, you have to sign up to our Patreon for $1 a month. Uh, I hope I'm not overcharging, but uh, I, I kept it this low on, you know, no, knowing that I have other stuff to do every now and then and I can't consistently always churn out three pieces a day or so. Um, so... Please uh, still do that because I have healthcare to pay. And uh, yeah, anyway. Uh, and of course, please subscribe to our show in, in all the ways you fancy, be it YouTube or SoundCloud or iTunes or Stitcher Radio or Spotify. And I think you can find us on, on Amazon. I don't know. I, I don't have Alexa. Someone out there, please test this for me. If you say, hey, Alexa, please play the Yellow Wall pod if, if that works or not. And the uh, same with, with Google. So, um, yeah. Anyway, that's uh, all the ways you can find us. Subscribe to our show and all that. Uh, as always, if you uh, want to support us in a non-financial way, just share the podcast. That's already a big help. Or leave us a rating on iTunes that uh, helps the algorithm make it more visible. So that's all the ways you can support the show. Apart from, of course, sponsoring an episode, which will cost you 10 bucks a pop, and then you or your fan club will get a shout out. So there you go. That's all we have left to say. We shall be back on Monday with a preview episode for the away game to FC Barcelona, which will happen on Wednesday. And then I'm not entirely sure if we already preview the Hertha match then or whether that will be an extra episode. So I'm um, just, uh, yeah, I, I guess look out for what's going to be published anyway. That's it for my outro. And Matthias, again, thanks for coming on. Everyone out there, as always, thank you for listening. We will be back after the 4-1 or 5-1 win against Paderborn. Until then, goodbye.